Glad you could join us today. My name is Daniel Cavanaugh, and I'm here with my dad, Charles. This is Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We're in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And as we jump into this week, I want to uh, apologize to our listeners. Both of us are struggling with allergy stuff. The pollen count seems to be unusually high. Hopefully and we don't have a sneezing fit <laughs> in the middle of this. All right. So bear with us. We will get through this. But this past Sunday was Easter. Um, and so we thought it would be good as we transition out of one series into the next to just kind of focus on um, Easter and really it's more the celebration of resurrection of Christ. Right. right. Um, Ashtart has little to do with it. Correct. Correct. Um, and so, you know, we need to be reminded that every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. That's not a cliche statement. Right. Um, Partly because, historically, we know Jesus was raised on the first day of the week. Right. And the church began to think of that as the Lord's Day. So it has historical significance, but I think also from the standpoint that it has, uh, as we're going to see, incredibly uh, theological significance for our lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of application, Mm -hmm. if you will, from that theology. And so let's just jump in there. We have a lot to cover. Um, and first of all, just kind of talking about, because what we're looking at here, he is risen, he is risen indeed. And so since we know that, we need to look at the anchor of our resurrection or of the resurrection. Um, so what is the anchor other than the cliche answer, Jesus? Well, I mean, it, <laughs> the anchor is that it is the anchor right. of our faith. Um, and in Romans chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 9, Paul in the midst of the discussion about some do's and don'ts in gray areas, what people call gray areas, do, some people do this, some people don't. Very practical stuff. He says, <clears throat> for to this end, Christ both rose, both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord. Hmm. But the whole lordship of Christ, the centrality of Christ, is predicated upon, built upon, attached to this anchor, that he rose from the dead. So without his resurrection, we really don't have Christianity. And it's so it's why the scripture says, to this end. That's you right. Know. To this um, end. I think, you know, the res- the resurrection also separates us from other religions. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've had interactions with people of the Muslim faith. I've sat across the table with them. I've talked with them. I've had, you know, lunch or dinner. Um, and there's a lot of questions they will ask, and there you have to know those differences because they'll try to trip you up on things mm-hmm. in order to make it sound like you're the same. But I think when you think about it, this resurrection topic, issue, theological issue, is important because it does separate us from other religions. Right. No other religion touts or looks to a resurrected leader, a resurrected Lord, um, and that's why they, if they acknowledge Christ at all, they acknowledge him simply as a good teacher. He right. did good things. But that's not what he nor his apostles, the disciples, his early followers, and the record of Scripture, that's not the option that is given there. Well, you don't want a dead religion. Right. I mean, and that's the problem we, we face in this um, ecumenical, um, you know, kind of everybody's one, just all different ways right. of getting there. Um, existential, if you will, um, to get it down to it. Yeah. But there's there's this idea that we're all the same. We're not because all the religions serve a dead leader, if you will. Right. But we don't just have a, a live leader. We have a, 
a risen Savior. That is why some ideologies, some isms, are so adamantly opposed to Christianity. You take right. communism, um, and you take Marx, Engels, and Lenin, and Stalin, and Trotsky, and those guys. Uh, they hate Christianity because it does, by its very nature, and by this resurrection of Christ, create a loyalty, an attachment, a... Something far greater than that. worship that they can't combat. <laughs> right. That they kill it. Right. Yeah. So that they don't have any competition. Yeah. yeah. And so, and we're going to make a little transition here, but I, I think of what Paul said in Romans 15, I mean, in Acts well... In Try it again. First yeah. Corinthians 15. <laughs> this is one of those. Uh, in right. First Corinthians 15, that um, if in this life only we have hope, in Christ, we're of all men, most to be pitied. So he says there, by that statement, that the resurrection of Christ is central to the faith. Yeah, it's not as central, but um, without the resurrection, we have no Christianity. Yeah, we, I mean, we have a religion. We don't have a, right. what we would call a biblical Christianity. And I think that some uh, philosophers and thinkers know that. That's why. And even some who have approached uh, Christianity as Christians from a little perspective, they fail to see, but in their heart of hearts know that if you're going to have the kind of Christianity that is what we'd call biblical Christianity, conservative Christianity, uh, you have to have the resurrection. And many, like Boltman and others, have said that Christ didn't raise him. Well, if you destroy a, a a live Christ... Mm-hmm. Then you destroy the the very the basis of for our life. What it is, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and before we move on here, I think it's fascinating. The world loves things that are hopeful and redemptive, so there is a longing for that. that I'm not sure they know necessarily. Uh, it's not like they have a pure desire, but I, I do think they they long and hope for something that is alive and hopeful and something sure. Yeah, something sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Like. The resurrection. Absolutely. An anchor, that's why we say that. So the anchor of our resurrection, what about the application of the resurrection? And and I keep saying I mean to say the resurrection, but meaning Christ's resurrection. But the application, what does this mean for our life? You know, um, it's interesting that Jesus prepared his apostles, his disciples, to see the resurrection as central by he healed or he rose, raised up from the dead, certain people, and then came the resurrection of Lazarus. And Lazarus had been dead three days. Well, he would be dead. Right. Three days. So we have kind of a, an idea there. Yeah. So he, he so he's setting this as the anchor, as a central thing. But then they take it, and now they have it. He he. They see him resurrected. They see the empty tomb. They see him. They touch him. They eat with him. Right. They see him ascended. And now, as the New Testament unfolds, we see that they see it more than just an important event, but as a life-changing reality. And when you look at what Paul said in Romans chapter 6, when he's actually talking about our sinfulness, and then grace, and then shall we continue in sinfulness, that grace may abound, God forbid, may it never be, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? Do we not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, 
we were buried with him by baptism into death, with reference to death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also should walk in a new life. Ah, bingo, there's the application. The resurrection different kind of life. is that to us the means of living a new life. And uh, so to, he, we answered Paul's question, no, we should not continue in sin that grace may abound. We have a new life. Right. That's what baptism is all about. It is a declaration of a person. It's a person declaring for Christ and declaring that I died to sin and I die, I was dead, but I'm raised to walk in a new life with Christ. So, so this is the application. So the resurrection we talked about, you and I talked about this, the resurrection is more than a celebration. Um, the resurrection transcends the holiday that we come to know each year. Um, and really, it's more of a weekly celebration <clears throat> where God's people come together across the globe. I mean, right. we're talking about and obviously we celebrate it on the Lord's Day because we know that that was the first day of the week. But it doesn't have to necessarily be that. I mean, it can be, you know, um, during our Bible study that we come to a church or Sunday morning worship or when we get up on Monday morning. Right. This anticipation, this celebration should have got our lives. I'm sorry, application. I said anticipation. This application should control our lives through every aspect. Right. Yeah, I mean, we can get in such a habit of just going to church, as we call it, when in reality, when we step into that arena, that place, then there's the time for you and and me and our brothers and sisters to stop and think. You know, sometimes there's loud music playing, there's all right. kinds of stuff going on, but hey, sit down and think for a minute, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know he's living, whatever men may say. He is the resurrection and the life. I am in him. He is in me. I am here to celebrate the risen Lord who rose from the dead that I might have life and have it more abundant. Speaking of application, do you think that's why things like the the elements, uh, the Lord's Supper, um, the practice of baptism, believer's baptism, do you think that's why it's important? Yeah, it's not just that we're we're doing stuff ritual stuff. If we're not careful, we can be just like any ritualistic religion. Right. This is my body. He didn't say, oh, you should think of this as though it were my body. He said, this is my body. That's an important reason why he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. And uh, the <clears throat> the fact that he did die and rise, and raise up from the dead, that we're, when we take those elements, when we watch somebody in the baptismal waters, we're not just saying, oh, man, they fought, they, they're right. saved. You know, that's true. But what they are saying and what we're reminded of is that we have a new life in Christ. Mm. It's a resurrected life. We do not have a normal life. It may, it's normal in a lot of aspects, but it's not, in the end, normal. So it's more than just eggs and bunnies? Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> which are probably less Christian than Santa Claus, you know. I mean, there's... You know, people want to look up eggs, that's fine, but we, we need to be careful that we lose sight on Easter Day, Resurrection Day, and then therefore we lose sight on every Lord's Day of why we're here and what the Resurrection does for us as the people of God. So, yeah. Um, but this is the application. It, it's about our sanctification. Right. The, the Resurrection is a means of our sanctification, our growth and holiness. Okay, so we have the anchor, we have the application. We know that's more than just a week, a yearly celebration. It is a life 
application. That's right, weekly um, and daily. And, and, and we might say, just a reminder, I just thought of this, this is why our devotions are so important. Right. You know, our devotions are just not doing our devotions. We're meeting with Christ, and we're reminding ourselves this is our life today in Christ, the mm-hmm. resurrected life. So we talked about the application. Now we talk about the anticipation of the resurrection, which I think the two are closely linked in the fact that you're, the anticipation is something we're going to obviously talk about here being a daily anticipation. Right. And so in some ways that is an application. Yeah, well, you know. when Paul says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, for of all men most to be pitied, that only is a very important word because with only he, he does say we do have hope in this life. It's just that we have a hope beyond this life. Right. And our hope of sanctification is also our hope of ultimate sanctification and resurrection and eternity with Christ. And so, uh, yes, um, you know, as we were talking about this before we came on, the thing that we tend to do is wish for this life to be better instead of hoping for what Christ has for us, the best Christ has for us in eternity. Mm-hmm. So we, we do. We want a better house, better cars, better stuff. Uh, the latest thing. Better health. Right. You know, all those things, none of which are evil in themselves. And if you work hard and you're able to provide those things for your family, that's fine. But some of us will never have better stuff. Right. And some of our brothers and sisters around some will have more stuff. better stuff than other people. Yeah, and some will not have any stuff. Right. So this stuff, this earthly existence, this earthly uh, attachment has to be worked against. We, we, we know we need to grow in holiness. We need to grow in and not love sin so much, and we need to grow and be more like Jesus. But we don't often think that we need to grow in anticipation that this resurrection brings for us. That, you know, what John said in in, uh, the book of Revelation when he closed it, even so come, Lord Jesus, do we say that? Do we wish that? Uh, Or would we just wish that we'd get a raise? Well, I think the Lord and the apostles, those who wrote the the New Testament, um, expected us to live daily in anticipation of the Lord's coming. Mm-hmm. And not just a celebration and having a wonderful life, but an anticipation. I think the the, the different references they make to the re- resurrection and the resurrected life of Christ and the life of Christ are just that. Right. They are tuning us, training us, attuning our hearts towards something beyond now. Well, and you, you made a comment, and I thought it was very interesting. You said that's why our preaching, or you should say when we preach... Uh, we preach with anticipation. Mm-hmm. That's something that should guide our preaching, mm-hmm. our teaching. So not just our personal lives, but every Sunday we should be hopefully pushed more toward an anticipatory type of mm-hmm. approach. And loosening our hold on what we have here. Uh, and God has ways of doing that. You think, well, why does this happen? Why do we have this loss or this tragedy? And some of that is God uses those things to lessen, weaken our attachments to the now and strengthen our anticipation of eternity with the risen Lord. Do you think we should preach the resurrection to ourselves daily? Yeah, I think that, and again, I'm going to go back to our personal quiet times, and then when we lay down at night, we're, I, you know, I have a little prayer guide by my bed, and uh, I'm praying for certain things. It's not much because I'm going to sleep, but something as we go to bed to think in terms of the resurrection. If I should die before I wake, you know, right. if Christ should come before I wake, uh, you know, thinking in those terms, our morning devotion, whenever we have our devotion, is a time not only to increase our love for Christ, but so much so that we look forward <clears throat> to seeing Him and being with Him. Because this is the thing that, 
that we have trouble naturally anticipating. We've got the Bible now. We've got church. We've got stuff. We've got, you know, we can be happy in the Lord right here. I don't think we realize what we're missing. Right. And the resurrection should remind us that we're missing a lot. You also made another comment that I want to revisit or go back to before we close here. You said most Christians want to grow in their knowledge of God, but they do not want to grow in their anticipation. Because they, they're, they're so focused on the now. So yeah. we're talking about growing in the knowledge of God, but that should push us to anticipate more and to practice more what our life will be in heaven. That's, I think that's, that's what Paul was referring to when he said in Colossians 3 to the Colossians, in the middle of a passage where he's dealing with sanctification, or at the beginning of a passage where he's dealing with sanctification, if, since you then were raised with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ sits at right. the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, hmm. then shall you also appear with him in glory. Sounds like he's talking about the resurrection. It does. It sounds like <laughs> these are the anticipatory effects of the resurrection. And that passage and that concept in that passage should be a part of our regular thinking. Mm. So let the resurrection be our anchor, our application, our anticipation. Right. Because he is risen and he is risen indeed. Not just one day a year. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. So we do thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you next week. Crosstalk is a production of Vision for Living Ministries. This is a free resource, but if you would like to support us, you can do so by visiting visionforliving.org forward slash support. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website where you will find other resources, including our blog. You can also find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash B4L. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at visionforliving.org or send us a message on Facebook. Join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.